0: I want to thank the worship team for those beautiful songs and how well they fit uh, with the message that I have prepared for today. I enjoy Christmas time, I enjoy the season. Um, I don't know how many of you follow me on Facebook, but I ran across a beautiful picture of snow coming down. Winter time is here, so let's enjoy it, I said. Well, I got a lot of responses. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I wanted to thank the ladies who did the decorating this year. How beautifully the church house looks. It's, I've heard comments from others. Um, <clears throat> yes. And Grand good routine that's well Yes. I those oh, please do. Newcomer copy. Amber Martin. Amber Martin. And this year we added another gal. Lavonne Schellenberger. Lavonne Schellenberger, right? There before the and friend. <laughs> Thank you, ladies. I, I certainly enjoyed the nativity scene here before us. That's just a beautiful, beautiful display. So I trust that you're enjoying Christmas time with all its busyness that goes with it. But let's just take it a day at a time. And it all come together for yeah, the sure. <laughs> As a pastor, over the years, when Christmas time would come, I would think, what? what can I preach that I haven't already? Faith and I were talking the other day, and I said, Well, I've been in ministry 25 years, and generally four messages in the month of December, you figured out how many sermons that is. And so <clears throat> I just thought I'm going to dig back into my archives, and I picked the message that I preached 2003 this very Sunday, and that's what we're going to be sharing today. Back then, I used to hand out uh, outlines. Mm-hmm. I happened to have one up there yes. with the message, and I thought, well, "Why not? I know my books <laughs> in <laughs> house." <laughs> <laughs> so that's why you have an outline. Today.
1: If you have your Bibles, and I trust
0: you do, let's turn together to Hebrews chapter seven. Hebrews chapter seven. You might say, well, how does this fit into the Christmas story in these ways Hebrews chapter seven, let's begin there at verse eleven. Verse eleven. <coughs> Now if perfection had been attainable through the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law, what further need would there have been for another priest to arise after the order of the dead, rather than one named after the order of Aaron? For when there is a change in the priesthood, there is necessarily a change in the law itself. For the one of whom these things are spoken belong to another tribe, of which no one had ever served at the altar. For it is evident that our Lord was descended from Judah. And connection with that tribe, Moses said nothing about priests. This becomes even more evident when another priest arises in the likeness of Melchizedek, who was become a priest, not on the basis of a legal requirement concerning bodily descent, but by the power of an instructible life. For it is witnessed of him you are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. On one hand, the former commandment is set aside because it is weakness and useless. For the law made nothing perfect, but on the other hand, a better hope is introduced, through which we draw near to God. For it was not without an oath, for those who formerly became priests were made such without an oath, But this one was made a priest with an oath by the one who said to him, The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind, You are a priest forever. This makes Jesus the guarantor of a better covenant. The former priests were many in number because they were prevented by death from continuing in office. But he holds his priesthood permanently because he continues forever. Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him, since he also lives to make intercession for them. For it was indeed fitting that we should have such a high priest, holy, innocent, unstained, separated from sinners, and exalted above the heavens. He has no need like those high priests to offer sacrifices daily, First for his own sins, and then for those of the people, since he did this once and for all, when he offered up himself. For the law appoints men in their weakness as high priests. But the word of the oath, which came later than the law, appoints a son who has been made priest forever. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. We thank you, Heavenly Father. This morning that we can gather together, and we come to you in the name of Jesus, your only Son, the one that you sent to this earth as a babe in a manger, and then to live among men, teaching and preaching and sharing, ultimately going to the cross, giving of your life, paying the penalty of sin. Lord, we're so glad that that you went to the tomb, you didn't stay there, because there's an empty tomb today there in Jerusalem. And we're so thankful that we can worship you, a living Savior, one that is at the right hand of the Father, interceding for every one of us here today. So Lord, as I share what you've laid in my heart, I pray for those among our number today that may not have the assurance of salvation Maybe they're, they're plagued with doubts. They're wandering afar. Oh, I pray this would be the day that they would come to Jesus, the one that was named Jesus, because he came to save sinners. So, Lord, would you bless your word in our hearing. Speak through these lips of clay to all of our hearts. May we be challenged together that we are worshiping the king of kings. And one of these days, you're coming back for the church of the bride. Oh, Lord, we need to be ready. And so I pray today that we would seek you, seek your face, and we thank you that your God hears and answers prayer. So bless, we pray now, in your precious and worthy name, we ask all these favors and blessings. In Jesus' name, amen. Matthew 1, verse 21 says, She shall give birth to a son, And you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Don't we rejoice together today and give praise to the Lord Jesus for his saving ability and grace. You know, humanity from day one was seeking for something better. Human nature looks for salvation in many places. Morality has its place, but it cannot save. Prayer certainly has its place, but it cannot save in of, of itself. The church has its place, but it cannot save you. Money has its place, but even, even the richest banker has no advantage over the poor person in getting into heaven. Our key verse is verse 25. We want to look together at it. There in Hebrews 7, consequently, he's able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. Mary and Joseph named their newborn son Jesus because he would save his people from their sins. That's why Jesus came to this earth that first Christmas morning. He came to become our high priest in order to save you and me. And the saving ability of Christ is seen in the context of his priesthood. As we read these opening verses of scripture, maybe you notice the unfolding of the greatness of our high priest. He is over everything and anyone of the old Jewish order. What a contrast to what they've had for sin a big change now. I say, praise God, we have a high priest who has an ability to meet the darkest, the deepest need that every one of us has. Oh, hallelujah, what a Savior. May the blessed Holy Spirit teach us new things as we look together in verse 25 this morning. So I invite you to observe with me first the reality of his saving ability. The reality of his saving ability. Underscore the words he is able. Say it with me. He, he is, is able. able. There's no guesswork about the ability of Jesus, our high priest. Who could doubt his ability when he came and he walked those shores of Galilee? Well let's make it more up to date. Who can doubt his ability today? In the year 2018. There are two key words that not only show the superiority of Christ's priesthood, but they also demonstrate to us the reality of his ability. The old order was powerless in its ability to change lives. The priest could not forgive sin, and neither can any pastor today. They could not bring completion or perfection in and of themselves. But the priesthood of Christ, that's what we're looking at, we see there a power to affect the most radical change within us. The reality of his ability to save to the uttermost comes only from the power of his divine nature as the very Son of God. So there's that word, perpetual, perpetual. Now we don't see that word in verse 25 or the permanency, but it's certainly the meaning, I believe, is there. But look back to verses 23 and 24. The former priests were many in number because they were prevented by death from continuing in office. But he holds his priesthood permanently because he continues what a contrast the Hebrew writer is describing for us here. There was nothing permanent about the old order that they knew because physical death priests would come and go. Thus proving once again the reality of Jesus' ability to save to the uttermost all who draw near to Him. I say, praise the Lord. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday today and forever. He ever lives. He never changes. Aren't you thankful that he's, his, his praying is still going on on your behalf and on mine? He ever intercedes for us. Jesus told Peter, I have prayed for you that your faith would not fail. What a comforting thought, friends, that we know that Jesus is praying for us in that intercession Will never stop till we'll see him face to face. Turn back to Hebrews chapter 4. We're going to look at three verses. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then, with confidence, draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Oh, friends, this morning that gives me great hope and encouragement, doesn't it, you? (laughs) To know that he declares we will receive mercy and find grace just what we need. Just what we need. What a God we serve. Is he yours today? I trust so. And I would say, if not, why not? Oh, call upon him. And he will answer you. And then there's his provision that has not changed. He even as the most as most everything in life changes all around us, but we love and serve one that never changes. Wow, that that should bless your heart. His purposes, his provisions are always there for you. He'll never for- say you never forget you, even when maybe others will turn away from you. You can count on him as he tells us that we are to cast all our care upon him, for he cares for us, 1 Peter 5, verse 7. So friends, this is the reality of his saving ability. Moving on then, there's now the reach of his saving ability. How far will the saving ability of Christ go? In other words, how far is he able to save? Well, what does verse 25 say? He's able to save to the uttermost. There are three concepts involved in the meaning of this word, uttermost. Number one, there is the uttermost of eternity. It's provided for all of mankind a salvation that goes way beyond the boundaries of time and eternity. You know John three sixteen, probably the first version you learned in, in the Sunday school. There it tells us that God loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have eternal. Amen. What a verse. I think of that verse there, Romans 6, verse 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Jesus has provided everything necessary for every one of us to make heaven our home. It's all provided. Now, it's not automatic. I've heard people say, well, of course I'm a child of God. I live in America. It's a whole lot more than that. Every one of us need to go to Jesus confessing that we are a sinner and we need this wonderful salvation he offers. But you can't earn it. It's already paid for. Oh, let's seek him. The second concept of the word uttermost is there is the uttermost of entirely. Entirely. His ability to meet our needs entirely, in other words, completely, fully, perfectly. It's not partial or incomplete, but the Lord does the job he does it right. There's an adequate cure for the disease of sin because there's a complete and there's a continual cleansing from the pollution of sin. You need that cleansing every day. It's not once and done. And that's what makes it so fresh and alive and vibrant. When you go before the Lord in the morning or, or late in the evening, whichever time you like your time with the Lord. Or maybe you meet with him midway through the day or all day long. You know, we're to be to the attitude of prayer, right? It's fresh and new. We can go before him and seek his face. Praise the Lord. The third concept then is there is a uh, the uttermost of extremity. He can reach out to wherever those needs can be found. In other words, there's no extreme uh, situation that he cannot that he cannot help you. He's able to save to the uttermost. I heard one time say said it like this He's able to save. To the uttermost and to the uttermost. So no matter how far a person goes in sin, the blood of Jesus goes deeper. Hallelujah. Yes, I believe with all my heart that includes every man, woman, and child that was ever born. Thinking your mind that the most evil, wild, wicked person who ever lived comes to my mind is Hitler, who was responsible for what, six and a half million deaths of the precious Jews. Salvation would have been for him had he sought God. The reach of his saving faith. Hmm. Consider now, thirdly, our response to his saving ability. Verse 25, we see that word come. Come. It's a good gospel word. It's a salvation invitation that we see throughout the Bible. The very last chapter of Revelation, we see this word again used. The spirit and Bride say, come. Let him hear, say, come. Whoever's thirsty, let him come. Whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the water of life. We're invited to take the water of life freely. Aren't you thankful that no, there's no price tag there? What if the Bible said you couldn't become a Christian unless you had a million dollars? i would cut out of a lot of us. Sure it sure would be. But it was paid. Praise the Lord. It's it's free for the asking. Now this word says come. It's not inviting you to come and join a church. There's nothing wrong with that. It's not asking you to come and take on a form of religion or theology, we're invited to come to Jesus Christ who is able to save to the other He wants to have a, a personal relationship with every one of us, young and old alike. I remember our daughter Joy and it wasn't even my message news, but we were at home playing the piano one day. I worked the night trick and faith uh, started playing into my heart. A beautiful little song of children sing. And all of a sudden Joy came beside the, the piano bench, crying. Well, I thought you heard her stop. She had been over know. And so we stopped. And I said, honey, what's wrong? And she said, I don't want Jesus to be in my heart. Five years old. The Holy Spirit spoke to Maybe the Lord this morning has spoken to your heart. If you have a need, I'm going to ask everybody at this point. Let's bow our heads, brethren. Close your eyes. I want to ask you questions. If a minute from now the trumpet call from Gabriel's trumpet would be heard, would you be one of the number that immediately would be taken to heaven, or would you be found standing or sitting wherever you are? wondering what happened. The Bible clearly tells us that someday this is going to take place. Jesus is coming back for his church. Those who have accepted the gift of his salvation, but the unsaved will be left to face the terrors of the tribulation period. There could be some here today, we call the church all our life, but have you ever come to the place until now and ask Jesus into there's only two places heaven or help. No in between. Oh friend, today can be your day. Come to Jesus and settle that question forever. Out of our emptiness, we can experience his fullness. Out of our bondage, we can experience freedom in Christ. Remember, it's God who cared so much for you, sending his son, that you can be reconciled to him again. Restore you into the family of God. He's not willing that any should perish, that all should come to him for repentance. That's why Jesus Christ provides salvation through his name. I'm going to lead us now in a word of prayer. And I invite anyone who would want to come forward and pray. Do that. Let's bow our hands. Lord, Thank you today for the simple message of salvation. Sometimes maybe we make it too difficult. Oh Lord Jesus, you paid the price. If we have turmoil within our heart and we're unsettled and there's questions, am I really ready to meet Jesus? Oh Lord, help that individual to come forward right now. They can meet you here. And Lord, if there's a wandering spirit within us we do a better day. We need to go back to Jesus and ask you to reaffirm in our heart that the work is done. Thank you for that assurance that every one of us can have. For it's in Jesus' worthy name we pray with thanksgiving. I've asked the worship team to pray or sing a, a song, Come Every Soul.